All right. Thank you very much for taking some of your very precious time out. We do this once a year. We get to get stuck into some of the fine prints of the church and what's going on in the life of the church. And um, I think it's so um, awesome that you guys are so invested that you're willing to take the time out. So without any further ado, let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you that we are about your business. We do not run around according to our own desires and designs. And God, there is a much bigger picture. This is your kingdom that we are a part of. And we play a vital role in your kingdom. And Father, we thank you that what we talk about here is not stats, it's not data, it's um, just some of the the ways we can converse about what is going on under the hood of this church, but really it's all a picture of what you're doing and what you're calling us to. And so Father God, align us, allow allow us to be better part of um, your work here in the south of Joburg. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Um, either it is already on the app or it will be on the app in a few minutes' time, but um, the GRM report as well as the financial report will be made available on the app. Maybe just hold off on reading it until you start going on to, uh, um, maybe until later. Um, we are going to present all the things that we do believe are pertinent, but they are there. But if anyone kind of really prefers a paper copy of those, they are available after um, afterwards at the back of the hall. And I really do encourage you guys to acquaint yourselves with the report. Um, We don't have time to sit and talk about every ministry, but every ministry, I said, guys, here's what God has done in this last year. Here's what we're gonna be doing in the coming year. And um, it's just a way for you to be encouraged by all that is going on in the life of the church. And um, I'm gonna call Peter up. And Peter is the treasurer of our finance team and the finance ministry. And he's gonna give us the financial feedback for 2019. Please give him a warm welcome. Good morning, church. <laughs> as, um, as Steve said, my name is Peter Reinecke, and I serve as a treasurer here at Riverside Community Church. As I present the treasurer's report for the 2019 year, and the 2020 budget. It gives me great pleasure to reflect again on the amazing faithfulness and sacrificial generosity of the people of Riverside. On behalf of the leadership, I wish to thank each and every one of you for the wonderful financial support you have given the church in 2019 and even for the last eight, 10 years or so. Your generosity has again enabled the church to grow in so many ways. To pay the bills, to pay the salaries, to pay our internal care endeavors, to pay the church commitments and our various programs, for example, Holiday Bible Club, as well as supporting all our mission partners. And as you will see, our overall position, financial position, has remained very stable. And in these, especially in these uh, tough economic times. Moving on to the slides overhead. Right. I just want to make a few, uh, thank a few people. My thanks goes out to all those who have helped me do my treasury duties. To the teams of people who are so faithful in collecting each week to the small team of people who count the money every week, 
My thanks go out to Sandra, our bookkeeper, for her invaluable help in producing the figures each and every month. And to Jean, who guides us and helps us with all administration. I must pay tribute to the finance committee, Stephen, Craig, Jean, Basil, and Mark, who have kept me well supplied with advice and guidance in all the church finance governance processes. Next slide. Right. We ended 2019 with the income of 3,353,000 rand. Tithes and offerings were around 2.9 million. This is just about 6.5% below the budget. The balance of the income is allocated as designated income. 2019 was a continuation of the challenging economic climate in South Africa. We thank God for his providence. Our expenses totaled 3,405,000. The expenses were constrained and aligned with the income received. We ended the year with an operational loss of 50,000 rand. Contribution to the building fund was 303,000 rand and interest earned was 447,000 rand with property related expenses only 200,000 rand leaving a building surplus of 550,000 rand. Right, on to the balance sheet or the financial position of Riverside Community Church as at the end of December 2019 remains robust and good. Operational cash in the bank is a solid, just over a million rand, million and uh, 21,000, with the building fund account having a balance of 7.7 million rand. We maintained a reserve of plus minus three months expenses as a cash fallback, which is included in the one million rand. Land and building expenditure was limited to the expenditure related to the rezoning of the land in 2019. There was no major operational capital expenditure for 2019. Right, on to the next slide. Right. For the budget for 2020, the income, tithes and offerings, has been set at 3.3 million, which is about 15 percent higher than 2019 of income, tithes and offerings. Expenses for 2020 has been budgeted at 3.3 million, which is equivalent to the 2019 expenses. We are trusting God for a break-even situation this coming year. Right, the next slide. Okay, to summarize, the 2020 budget, we have forecasted administration costs at 15, uh, sorry, 13% and the missions or the giving at 18.5%. Ministries at 6%, functions at 4% and the staff costs at 59%. Giving uh, or the missions remains at the same levels we have always strived over the last 8 to 10 years. Right, on the next one. The growth rings, uh, in summary, 2017, we ended with a loss of 114,000 rand. In 2018, we had a surplus of 207,000 rand. And then in 2019, <laughs> a deficit of 51,000 rand. 
the gap between our needs and our resources is not significant to overcome. In conclusion, I hope that all Riversiders understand that their giving enables mission and ministry here at Riverside Community Church. The budget for 2020 is based on a break-even analysis. And lastly, the needs are always great. And we know that it is God's power to provide more than we even ask. Thank you to all who attend, once again, Riverside Community Church for your faithful giving to God's work through our church. Thank you for your time this morning and please contact me should you have any questions. Thank you. Guys, I think it'll be a good idea for us to pray. The Lord teaches us as part of our daily prayer that we pray for our daily needs, right? And so let's pray. Let's thank the Lord for His faithfulness. And let's continue to trust the Lord to move our hearts and to provide everything that we need in order to fulfill our mandate. So Father God, we thank You for Your heart, Father God. And, and as much as we ask for Your spirits and Your presence, and we ask for just incredible blessing on our church and our ministries in and through us, Father. We also ask you, because you teach us to ask you for provision. And we thank you for your faithfulness to us in 2019. We thank you that after almost 10 years of ministry, we are in a healthy position as a church. And Father God, we thank you that um, there are so many who have been moved to be sacrificially providing for the work of the ministry. And I pray, pray that you would bless them for that. I pray, God, that you increase our capacity for generosity as a church. I pray that you are moving in individuals' lives in terms of providing opportunity and uh, for growth and for uh, increased capacity, Father. And I pray for 2020, Father God, that you would be the ultimate source and provider of all that we need in this year. So we trust your hand and your provision in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So... If you can kind of file in your mind that what happened in the church meeting this morning was kind of like, let's call it inspiration. Here's a little bit of information as to how we see some of the practicalities working itself out uh, for this coming year. And um, we've had a year of working with our new leadership team. And it's just been incredible to see how God has been uh, uh, uniting us and building us as a team. And so one of the incredible works that you don't often get to see, but it is most certainly happening in the heart of the church, is just a team that is strengthening, a team that is aligned, a team that is gifted, and a team that God is really using in, in diverse ways uh, for the good and equipping of us as a church. And so you need to know that. Um, just in terms of missions, one of the shifts that has happened in terms of that 18.5%, God is raising up more and more people who are being called into the mission field. And so one of the things that we have done, we've increased our percentage from 5 to 6.5% for missions. And I don't know if you are aware of some of the people who we are supporting as a church in the mission space. Um, and I'm just going to mention the people who are supported by us because there's a whole host of people who are supported by churches at home in, in the States in inverted commas or, or they have other means of support. But... Um, We've got, and if you're here, I'm just going to ask you to stand. Sorry, I didn't tell you I was going to do this. But Wigs, Meigs, Matcher, 
Migs Maché, are you here? There we go. So, so Migs is working for JLife and The Journey, which is one of our biggest discipleship uh, uh, programs in the life of the church. And they bless so many churches around the country. And uh, so we get to support her in that. In that, um, Anton and Suzanne, where are you guys? There we go. So um, this is kind of like a watch this space. Um, thanks, guys. Um, God is doing some incredible things in them, and He's calling them to some giant steps of faith. And we, have, as, as church, have already started finding ways to start providing for what God is calling them to in the future. Then we've got Emil and Emma Joshua. Are you guys here? There we go. And um, Emil, there we go. Awesome. By the way, if you don't know, we've got the library, but they run a bit of a book stand in the front here, and these are good books. You're not going to get fluffy cotton wool here, and they're at good prices. So if you're looking to buy some books, go to them. But Emil is with Open Doors Missions Organization, and Emma is with Operation Mobilization, and so also a gift to us as a church. And I didn't see Jared here. Jared, are you here? Okay, Jared is not here, uh, but we were able to help Jared get to a missions exposure program at the end of last year in Nepal, because God also has an incredible call on his life. And uh, you may be aware of some of the other missions opportunities that we had last year, and we have even more coming up for this year. So a lot of our resources went there, and we are allocating more resources to missions because God is raising more people into missions. And it's just a, a massive privilege for us to be a part of that. One of the other things that God is doing, and we are increasing our capacity in this in the church, is that churches need to be known for loving one another, sharing and supporting one another in their times of need. And so a number of years ago, we started an internal care fund. I think it started at 3%, taking a percentage of all that comes in so that we can financially help those who are in crisis. And just to give you some feedback as to what those figures look like, in 2017, we were able to help the church, the people in need amongst us, to the degree of about 92,000. In 2018, that was 88,000. And last year, it was almost 190,000. And that's an indicator on one hand, our economic climate and that people are struggling. But on the other hand, I praise the Lord that we as a church are able to do that. And it is because of your generosity that we are able to do that. Um, just in case, yeah, there we go. What we've been trying to do in increasing measure is not just simply write checks for people, but to walk roads of accountability and discipleship and that people are plugged in to the lifeblood of the church because you're not just interested in helping people just end the month, okay? We're interested in their spiritual vitality and their maturity. And so as elders, with our support from Mel and a food parcel ministry, the Restore ministry and Bianca and her team over there, we are able just to provide so generously. And uh, you are in many ways just part of that success story. Um, but also knowing where we are as a country, we have increased that percentage as well to 6.5% in order, I think it's 6.5 if I'm not mistaken, uh, 6.5 in order that we can uh, fulfill that mandate with even greater generosity. So thank you to anyone there. One of the things that God has done in the life of 2019 is <laughs> somehow God has breathed upon our life group ministry. Our life group ministry towards the end of 2018 was looking about 180 odd people, 190 odd people. And that number has increased by over 50 people. That's an increase of 25% in our life group ministry. Now, if you talk about sort of traditional church metrics, it's, 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 it's bums and bucks. 
All right, how many people are sitting here and how much money do we have? But there are actually better ways to look for health and vitality in the life of the church. And I've mentioned some of them already, but our life group ministry is one of the places we look at. And so when we see a positive kind of up and to the right trend in our life group ministry, that speaks to the health of what God is doing. But that means for us as leaders, both ministry team leaders, as well as the leadership of this church, we have responsibility over the life group ministry. Uh, We are left with some, Lord, how do we steward this better? And so this is going to be a year where we look to maybe some life groups are going to be needing to plant other life groups and plant other leaders, which is a positive thing. Some life groups are going to be needing to multiply. Others, we're going to be starting and launching brand new life groups. And so uh, this is one of the things that we're looking forward to as a church. We're also, as an eldership, we are so convinced that we need to be thinking about those who are not yet believers. And uh, one of the best mechanisms and tools that God has used over the years and continues to use is the Alpha course. And so this year, one of the issues with why we stopped the Alpha course was just running into some um, just difficulty with regard to space and where do we actually do this? Uh, but we as elders have said, listen, we know there are difficulties, but we committed to make this happen. So we don't know how we're going to make it happen. Uh, but uh, again, you are going to be part of how this Alpha course is going to work so that we can help save and, uh, well, not save, but help expose people to the gospel, answer their questions, become a safe place for encountering Christ and ultimately discipleship. And so we're looking forward to what that means for us um, this year. And so guys, I'm just seeing missions is going up. Our ability to care for people is going up. Our life group ministry is going up. And so as I think about what that means for us as a church going forward, um, I'm just so excited for what 2020 holds. And I just hope that something in you is being nurtured. There's some excitement and some joy in that. Um, all right, any questions? Any questions this fall? Okay, so... I know that I get asked like dozens of times a week, what's happening with the building? And I know it's been frustrating at times because it sounds like, you know, are you guys kind of sharing what's going on with us? And the reality is, I'm going to try to give you some insights into that, but the reality is, it's kind of been like, in order to move a millimeter forward, we've had to put in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of effort. And so when I give feedback, it doesn't sound like much has happened, whereas a lot has happened. And so I've just kind of been biding our time so that we can get to this meeting and just in the same space, we can actually talk about where we are and where we're going. And I'm also aware that some of you have been with us for our journey from, from when we started this, this journey and this engagement with our building, but some of you are new and some of you are unfamiliar. So forgive me if I cover some stuff that you guys are all aware of, um, but just to tell the history of how we got to where we are at the moment. As a church, we started in this hall at, in October 2010. So that brings us to, this is our 10th year. And at the beginning of 2015, we started as leadership investigating the idea of, um, does God permanently want us to be in kind of a pack up, pack down space? Or is God leading us to that part of our future means we are gonna have our own space and our own facility? And the eldership were united on that, that the answer is yes. God is leading us forward in that. He already in many ways started providing for that. Um, and as a church, just in principle, we didn't know what, what it meant, but in principle, we had a big conversation as a church and the answer came back unanimously, yes. Well, it's like 98%. Yes, this is what we believe God has for us as a church. Uh, but 
to do that kind of thing, to buy property and fund the building takes a lot of money and we didn't have that kind of money at that period of time. So as a steering committee, we started getting together, started dreaming, started praying. And one of the things um, we realized was just how optimum our position is. Because if you go into the suburbs, the suburbs are saturated with churches. But having said that, we are able, but you know, people sitting here this morning are coming from all the suburbs over there. And so where we are positioned helps us to kind of access uh, uh, everything from Soweto and Lanasia to all the suburbs over the hill there, to the suburbs that spill over the hill, uh, Glen Vista and, and Malbarton and into Alberton, Brackenhouse, Brackenhurst. But then they also allow us to kind of engage Henley and Walkerville and De Deer and the community that's behind us as well. And so that kind of puts us in the middle of that circle. And we realize that I don't think God wants us to you know, if we go too far that way, we're going to lose everyone that side. If we go too far that way, we're going to lose everyone that side. So it is kind of on conviction. It makes most sense for us to stick around here. Uh, and in one of those meetings, we kind of like, oh, you know what would be perfect? This property next door, because it's right there. Um, at that point in time, the, the, it wasn't for sale. And we realized this was just before our five-year birthday. We're like, guys, let's start the conversation about fundraising with our church on our birthday, for our five-year birthday. And um, we're thinking, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to tell the church that we, we want their money? <laughs> and um, literally, in the week before our fifth year birthday, I got a phone call from my mom-in-law, who's an agent who works in the area. She said, this property next door is for sale. And she gave me the amount. This is what it's for sale for. A few hours later, Mark Melnick, who was our treasurer, phoned me and said, someone just deposited four million rand into our account, which meant that we could buy that property for cash. Now, that's just an incredible, I mean, I tell other pastors and even pastors of churches much bigger than ours, and they're like, wow, that is such an incredible sign of God's favor upon you. Uh, we didn't just walk in and buy it. We, we signed uh, uh, an agreement that gave us a three-month um, kind of buffer so that we could do our due diligence. One of the things we did in order just to kind of settle our minds was uh, to approach the council, because it's, it's not zoned for the kind of building that you want to do. Would you, in principle, rezone the land? And they came back favorably with an official letter, yes, we would. So on that basis and a few other things that we had to investigate, uh, we came back with the confidence, yes, we're going to buy this property. Obviously, that kind of depleted our resources so that we start building those up again. And a short while later, we thought, okay, let's start engaging the rezoning process. And as we engaged the council, they came back to us saying, we're not going to rezone you. And uh, that kind of gave us a bit of a shock to the system and put us on a period for about a year, just a lot of back and forth, speaking to everyone we could possibly speak to and anyone who had listened to us for more than five seconds, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so I don't know if you remember, it was Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, 2018, where just a few days earlier, we got the news and I could give you some feedback. Guys, the news has come back. We can actually proceed with the, um, not with the building, but with the rezoning process. And uh, so we did that. And then we started talking, well, let's start thinking about financing this. Uh, a couple of large amounts came in and put us in this very healthy position. We've got almost 8 million rand um, at the moment. But it did mean that we needed to start the process is quite a finicky process. We needed to get a whole lot of professional reports. Now, those don't come cheap and those uh, take some time. So we took the rest of the year just to... Um, kind of just do what it takes to find the right people, find the right team. Um, we started the design process and towards the end of 2018, we started getting all these professional reports coming in. And so at the beginning of last year, uh, we actually handed in our official application. 
Now, the, one of the first big steps that needs to happen in this process is that there are 24 departments at council and they all need to give their approval, not to build, but to go further in the process. And 23 out of 24 departments were like, no, thumbs up. We like the research and we're happy to um, approve this. Uh, the one council that was concerned was the water and sanitation uh, departments, which, and their particular area of concern was around the sewage the, 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 the nature of our sewage. Um, because being a, a historically agricultural piece of land, there, are no, uh, there is no sewage infrastructure that goes there. We do have power, we do have rainwater, but you don't have sewage. And their concerns were the infrastructure, the fact that we're outside the urban development boundary. So they're not thinking in many ways around about development there. And um, in other words, the infrastructure is not going to grow in the next few years there. And then also we're on a wetland. So they're concerned that um, historically people just put in French drains and septic tanks and those kinds of things. And they're saying that's not going to happen. And uh, so they kind of embarked on, well, what do you need? What do you want? And one of the things we did as a steering team was look at um, just the various eco solutions, kind of some form of sewage, um, self-contained, eco-friendly uh, sewage plant. And we looked at about almost a dozen of them until we found what we believe was the best solution for us. And we actually presented that to the council, and um, they were actually quite happy, impressed by the particular system. The guy who is the CEO from the company came with us, um, but they were still concerned. They said, you know, what if it breaks down? And they were just not at the point where they could actually give us the green light on that. And pretty much what has happened since then, it's one of these things where, like, I, we have moved forward, but for every step we take, it just waiting for meetings with the council, waiting for them to have meetings, because legal is meeting with planning, is meeting with environmental and water, and at the moment, we are still at present in that sort of bottleneck around the sewage thing, all right? <laughs> And so it's, it's, it's honestly difficult to describe the process, but maybe I can just provide some perspective by addressing probably the three more, mo most commonly asked questions just about where we're at as a church and where we're at in this whole process. And the one question that I get asked and, uh, is this, should we not consider buying another property? And so these kinds of challenge, challenges are going to get us to one of two positions. The one position is, Sure, God is trying to wake us up and say, guys, we need you to maybe think about another property. So I'm thinking from God's perspective. All these challenges are something that we need to endure and push into and persevere through. And if we think about, um, for example, the Israelites, I mean, 40 years wandering through the desert, right? We think about Abraham, 25 years waiting for the promised child. And, and sometimes God is still wanting to fulfill his promises, but he wants us to persevere through that. And, and we weren't too sure, is this a God giving us a sign we need to look elsewhere or we need to persevere into this? And so we really began as a steering committee and as an eldership praying into this quite heavily. Um, I know I have prayed personally on the land a number of times. I know a number of others have as well. We as a steering committee and an eldership went onto the land. We prayed about this. We met with some of the key people involved as well. Um, and just trying to discern what is the Lord trying to say with this. And um, just the, the general sense of agreement coming out of that moment of prayer and seeking the, God's, the, the Lord's face was the conviction that we are going to continue praying as if that land is our future until God shows us very clearly. And so instead of being like, what if, what if, do we try, do we give up? It's like, no, no until it becomes crystal clear 
uh, we are gonna carry on pushing into this. And yes, God is developing faith and God is developing perseverance on us, uh, in us at the same time. Um, so that is where we are on that. Another question has been asked, honestly, and, and, and even with um, a bit of anger, but what about all these other informal properties? And I mean, if they get to do that, why don't we just go ahead and, and build as well? And I understand the frustration, and, and I actually feel a lot of your frustration as well. But the reality is we just can't. Just ethically, we can't do that. And um, practically, we can't do that. And we know of properties who have been stopped by the council uh, for kind of doing that kind of thing. And not everyone does, but uh, you get into a fine process and that fine process is expensive and takes 18 months, blah, 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 blah. So, so we would rather just do it the right way as far as is possible. And the third question that's, I'm sure you've wondered about and a few have kind of had the courage to voice it to me is like, well, maybe we've made a mistake. <laughs> maybe we're barking up the wrong tree. And, when, and that thought, I mean, I haven't had to have anyone ask me that question because that thought has haunted me on more than one occasion. But when I go, Lord, have we made a mistake? I go back to our history. I go back to how we've prayed. We've diligently sought the Lord. How his timing has been miraculous on more than one occasion. His provision has been crazy on more than one occasion. And, there, and, and between the eldership and the steering committee, we can't go, oh, you know, that, that is a poor decision. Or, or, or we dropped the ball over there. And therefore, we can only conclude that we are here because the Lord led us here. All right, and so we need to engage the Lord here. And so the answer is no, I don't think we've made a mistake. I think God has brought us here, but we are in a season of trying to discern what is next and how do we practically, yes, we pray and we trust God, but we also practically speak and have meetings and discern and carry on trying to figure out what is the wisest course forward. And so I'm asking you to collectively, together with us, to trust the Lord in this there's a song we sing in church that um, I kind of sing in my mind with half a concern in my heart, but half a smirk in my heart. Is a song that we sing that goes like, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the words. Um, Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. <laughs> but you have never failed me yet. And the chorus goes, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And so as a church, I know this sort of Joshua Jericho metaphor is a live one for us. And it's a one that God has spoken to us a number of times. And I was reminded, I heard one pastor preach about those and I, about that. And just kind of trying to picture these Israelites walking around the city and going home and their wife saying like, you know, so what happened today? Mm, nothing. <laughs> Like day six, and today did anything happen? Nah. And then like day seven, okay, well, we're just doing what we've always done. And like even on the 6.9th resolution, has anything happened? No. And I feel like we're somewhere there. I don't know where it is, but I'm choosing to trust God's faithfulness because he has been so good to us as a church. And he has spoken to us so clearly and so I choose to trust his faithfulness even though um, there's a big part of me that kind of wishes these walls had fallen in many ways. But we're not sitting out on our hands and God is still building his church. 
because this is what goes into eternity. We look forward to this facility. We look forward to the time where it enables so much ministry. But uh, what we take into eternity is this, us as a church and what God is doing in his kingdom. So any questions around the land, the property, where we're at on that? All right, good. (laughs) Guys, once again, thank you for your time. I think we've got so much to be thankful for. A reminder to uh, just go onto your app, all the ministry reports, everything that I've said and more is there. The financial reports are there for your perusal. And um, yeah, let's close in prayer. Father, you are a good father. and, And God, I thank you that you have fathered us into so much of what is happening in the life of the church, what you're calling us to. We thank you, Lord, that you are building your church. You are at work. We can see such a a positive feedback of um, just how you are building your kingdom in and through us. And Father God, that gives us such confidence for what you're gonna do this year. And Lord God, we ask that as much as we do ask you to provide resources for us and to provide breakthrough for us, for even something as practical as this facility, God, we ask that in the same way, we ask with the same fervor that you continue providing what we need spiritually to be your church, that you provide the people and the gifts and the giftedness and the unity necessary for us to be about your kingdom, that you provide the people and the financial resources for us to do what you need us to do today, that God, we might be counted faithful And so, Father, at the same time, God, we do give our needs to you for 2020. And we trust your faithfulness, but we ask because you teach us to ask. So, God, give us what we need. And, Father, when it comes to this building and, and, the, story, and the part of the story that we're in, God, we declare that you have been faithful. But we also look forward to your future faithfulness. And, Father, we look forward to that, that, that moment where you bring us into the next season and the next engagement with the story. And we ask for your favor. We do trust your timing. But we ask you for your provision with regards to the right conversations with the right people that allow us to proceed step by step in an ethical but a faithful way. So, Father God, we ask for your blessing on that. God, we thank you, we honor you, we trust you. We're so grateful to be part of your work. We thank you for Riverside Community and all that it represents. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you again for your time, church. Thank you so much.